0: Dr. W.A. Criswell, the former pastor of the First Baptist Church of Dallas, was asked a question, will we know each other in heaven? And he said, you won't really know each other until you get to heaven. (laughs) Profound. You may think you know people down here, But you really aren't going to know until we get to heaven. And last week I began a series on the 23rd Psalm, The Lord is My Shepherd. And I'm going to finish it today. Last week I talked about death and how we are not to be afraid of death. All right. In fact, as a believer in Jesus Christ, death is a gift to a Christian. Because through death we get to enter into heaven. All right. And so we don't think. I've, I've done a lot of funerals as a pastor, and I've done some funerals for people who were not believers, and I've heard them wail and wail and cry with there being no hope. But we have hope. All right. We have hope. And I talked a little bit about COVID 19, and I said, even though, you know, it's real, it's a man made virus, uh, we don't need to fear it. All right, now we need to be wise and use common sense and social distance and use masks. And the church, we've been doing our best. Like I mentioned, these air purifiers, and we're going to continue to do our best. And, but we don't need to fear death. We don't need to do that. But today I want to talk about the other aspect of death, and that's the best part of death, is heaven. And I've entitled this message, Hope for Tomorrow. And when you talk about hope, the Bible hope is different from American hope. American hope is a wish. Like, gee, pastor, it's pretty cold outside. I hope it warms up. I'm wishing it warms That is not the Bible hope. Okay? The Bible hope is a fact. It's a fact. Heaven is a fact. Do you know what the blessed hope is? It's the return of Jesus Christ. It's a fact. He's going to come. Why is he going to come? Because at the last days, the church is finally going to realize that mankind mankind cannot govern us. And we're really going to start praying what the Bible says pray for the second coming of Christ. All right? Mankind is trying to govern us. but they just can't govern us. And Jesus is going to come back and he's going to take over the kingdoms of this world. But let's turn to Psalm 23, and we're going to read, you probably have heard this psalm, it's quoted a lot in scripture. Let's go to the New King James Version, Janelle, and uh, I'll have you stand, and we're going to just say it out loud together. It's a beautiful psalm. And uh, say it with me, would you? forever and ever and just in case you don't know what the house of the Lord is it's heaven and sometimes it's heaven on earth like right here the house of the Lord that's why Jesus said you pray thy kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in we pray it down we pray it down so let's pray right now father in Jesus name help us to keep looking and praying, Lord God, for the second coming of Christ, and Lord, to ready ourselves when we die, that we would not die in fear or regret, but Lord, we would anticipate, Lord, the beautiful place called heaven. Lord, help us to know that though the world and our nation and politics and TV and all these other things, Lord, that We may wish for a lot of things, but Lord, we know the fact that heaven is for real. It is a blessed hope. It is a real hope. Open our hearts. Help us to hear the truth that your word says today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated, please. Before we talk about heaven, I'm going to give you three things you need to know about heaven. But before we talk about heaven... I want to tell you two things, one thing about the devil and one thing about Jesus Christ. All right? The first thing I want to tell you about our enemy, the devil, is that when you don't know Jesus, the Bible says you're in the kingdom of darkness, and you serve the devil whether you know it or not, but when you come to realize who Jesus is and that you're a sinner and you need him to forgive you every sin. The Bible says he takes you from the kingdom of darkness, the kingdom of the devil, into the kingdom of light, kingdom of Jesus Christ. All right? The Bible says that God is light, in him there is what? No darkness. Now, when you are living your own life, you reject Jesus Christ, you don't believe who he is, you're in the kingdom of darkness, what you don't understand is one of the deceptions of the devil is when you serve the devil even though you don't know you're serving the devil he always gives his best first and his worst last all right the devil has no happy old people he only has happy young people he has no happy old people because the people that are in the kingdom of darkness that are old they already had the devil's best and the devil gives his best first and his worst last. Let me give you a scripture, okay? Put the scripture from Proverbs up there. It's in your outline. Proverbs 20, 17. This is how the devil works. Bread gained by deceit is sweet. But afterwards, his mouth will be filled with what? You see, when you steal something, it's sweet. So you get caught. That's why I steal food off my wife's plate. She gets mad at me. She says, you want a fistful of gravel? She says, why do you do that? I said, because the Bible says stolen food is sweeter. The food on your plate is sweeter than mine. But It catches up to you. This is how the devil works. Now, the Super Bowl's coming. And with the Super Bowl, when I was a little younger, how many remember when the Super Bowl actually had good commercials? I don't know what they have anymore, but. but anyways, usually they'll come up with a good beer commercial, right? And a funny beer commercial, and, and, you know, there'll be the guys drinking their beer, and they got the pretty young, gorgeous girls in their bikinis, and they say it doesn't get any better than this, and they're right. <laughs> it doesn't. Because the devil gives his best, and then comes the trouble then she finds out. Then you get a divorce. Then your paycheck is split two or three ways. How many are with me? But the devil does it. He gives his worst at the end. He hides it. And that's why some people, they just, they don't understand. I don't need Jesus. Jesus is just a crutch. I don't need that. Well, it's not true. You know, they, they, they don't show you what happens After the Super Bowl party, with the drunk driving and the deaths and and everything else, the devil doesn't show you that. He doesn't show you that. Now, Jesus doesn't give his worst first and the best at the end. No, 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 no. Jesus is not a comparison with the devil. Jesus is a contrast, all right? I'll give you a scripture, James 1.17 uh, from the New American Standard uh, Bible, I'll quote it. It says, every good thing and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights. Jesus starts off with good, and then it gets better with perfect. So the devil starts off with the best, ends up with the worst. The de- uh, Jesus starts off with good, and it gets better. How many remember that song? Every day with Jesus is sweeter than the day be. Yeah, remember that? It gets more and more. Now, how many remember when Jesus was at the uh, wedding of Cana of Galilee, and they ran out of wine? You Remember the story? And Jesus turned the water and the wine, and the master of ceremonies come out, and he said to someone, uh, hey, probably to the bridegroom, usually, most people serve their best wine first, and when they get a little tipsy, then you bring out the cheap stuff and they don't care. But here, you had good wine at the beginning and you brought your what? The best stuff out at the end. Why? Because that's how it is with Jesus. He starts with the good and then it gets the best. So how many are with me? Let me give you another scripture about Jesus. So you know, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you need to get out of the kingdom of darkness and get in the kingdom of light with Jesus. Here is, for those of us that are followers of Jesus Christ, it says, the path of the righteous is like the morning sun, shining even brighter till what? Yeah, it gets better, it gets better, it gets better. I don't know, we used to vacation a lot down in Florida when we were younger with our kids, and you'd wake up and you'd get all lathered up with all the suntan lotion, go down there, and you wanted a sunbathe down there early because you didn't want to be out in the sun anywhere from 12 to 2 o'clock because it was hot. Well, when you serve Christ, the day begins in the morning with a beautiful sunrise, but it gets brighter, brighter, and brighter. Are you with me? How many with me? All right, so you need to know that as we talk about the devil and the kingdom of darkness, and we talk about Jesus Christ, because um, it's very important that you understand in the 23rd Psalm, God tells us about better, better, and best. In the last verse, he says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me, shall follow me, all right? They're like, you know, the Bible says that we are the sheep of his pasture. How many have ever seen sheepfolds and how many have ever seen sheepdogs? Sheepdogs, they keep them together. Well, as a follower of Jesus Christ, you have two sheepdogs. One's called goodness and one's called mercy. And when you start doing some unwise things and you get a little close to the edge, one of those sheepdogs called goodness chases you back from the edge and brings you back into the sheepfold, all right? And when you go through a difficult time, and we all go through difficult times in life, do we not? Jesus never promised you won't have trouble in this world. When you go through a difficult time, you need mercy. And the sheepdog mercy will come. Uh, Reminds me of a story, Dr. Uh, H.A. Ironside, used to pastor Moody Memorial Church in Chicago, Illinois. And he had a uh, single lady, never married, and she was very lonely. And she came into the pastor's office, and she says, Dr. Uh, Ironside, I have to talk to you. And he says, what's wrong? He says, well, I have these two guys. They follow me around everywhere I go. They follow me to the grocery store. They follow me, you know, on the street car. And when I go home, they're all... Well, he says, did you go to the police? And I said, yeah. But the police said that I'm crazy. I'm just imagining there's no one there. And so the pastor said, wait a minute. You said there's two guys. Yeah. And they follow you everywhere you go. Yeah. Well... You're a blessed woman, the pastor said. Don't you know those are David's friends? David who? King David. He said, everywhere you go, goodness and mercy, you're going to follow you. You don't need to be afraid of them. They're getting you the good deals in the grocery store. When you get on the streetcar, they're giving you mercy so you don't get hit by a car. She goes, I never thought of that, pastor. The next week she came to church, she said, you were right. I, I, I don't need to be afraid of them. Well, come on now, pastor. Wasn't that a little mean of the pastor telling them those two guys were goodness and mercy? Well, what do you want him to say? They're two little demons falling around to scare her? Oh, of course not. Of course not. Goodness and mercy is what Jesus gives us when we come to know him as our Savior and it gets better and better and better. Very important we understand that. Now, when you get to heaven, there's going to be three miracles that you're going to experience when you get to heaven. I'm going to prepare you, okay? The first miracle, when you get to heaven, you're going to be shocked at who made it you're going to say, oh my gosh, you made it, Dan? I didn't think you would make it. You're going to be shocked who's there. You're just going to be, oh my gosh, I never thought they'd make it. Then the, the next miracle will be the ones that aren't there. And you're going to, oh my gosh, they came to church all the time. I thought they were so spiritual. Where are they? They didn't make it. That's going to be the miracle. But the greatest miracle is the third miracle is when someone comes up to you and said, you made it! You don't know how hard I prayed for you to make it, and you made it! I'm just so shocked. Oh, the goodness of God and the mercy of God. I never thought you would make it, and you made it. You're going to go, hallelujah, I made it. I made it. It's going to be a wonderful place. Put the next scripture up there. Heaven. All right. The next scripture is Psalm 23, 6. Uh, The one after that, please. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You see, when you understand the relationship of coming to know Jesus as your Savior, His Holy Spirit takes up residence in your heart, and there's only two things on this earth that are eternal. No beginning, no end. This is one of them. The Word of God. The other one is the third person of the Godhead, the Holy Spirit. He t- comes into your heart, and you have a little heaven in your heart when you receive Christ, and then you dwell with Him forever. It's beautiful. It really is. So let me tell you three things about heaven from our text today. All right. Number one, the first thing you need to know about heaven it's a present place, it exists. It exists today. All right, very important. David said, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. It's real. You say, I can't see it. Well, you've got to understand how to see some things, all right? It is very real. Jesus talked about heaven in John 14. Let's go to that text. John 14. He says, let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, God the Father. Believe in me. Believe in Jesus the Son. That's what he's saying. Then he says, in my Father's house, that's heaven. In my Father's house are many mansions. So don't get tripped up not wanting to die because you love your mansion down here so much, you don't want your mansion in heaven. Amen? Sometimes you got to remind people it's all going to burn. Now there's nothing wrong with a nice house down here, a nice car, nothing wrong with that. But when you start Wanting that more than you want to die and get your real mansion, there's something wrong. In my Father's house in heaven, there are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. If heaven were a joke, Jesus said, I would have told you. And then he, it's not here, but then he says, and I go away to prepare a place with you that if I go away, I will come again and receive you to myself that where I am in heaven, there you may be also. He's building a a mansion for you. And what was Jesus before he went into the ministry? A carpenter. So how many know he's going to do a good job building your mansion? Right? And how many know he's been at it for 2,000 years? That's right. So it's a present place. It exists. And Jesus is truth incarnate. He can never lie. He's the way, the truth, and the life. And he says... If it were not so, if heaven were not so, I would have told you. If heaven were a joke, if, I, if it didn't exist, I would have told you. But he says, I'm not a liar. It's real. There is a place in heaven. Now, people say, where is it? Some people, oh, it's a planet. It's not a planet. Where is heaven? So I can tell you a little bit of where heaven is based on the word of God, but I can't point it out because it's invisible. Amen. But what you need to know about heaven is that the Bible says over and over and over that heaven is located someplace in the north. Did you know that? Let me give you some scriptures. You don't believe the pastor because you like his preaching. You believe me because the word that I teach. Before Lucifer was kicked out of heaven and became the devil, right? Before Lucifer became Satan, he was in heaven. And when he tried to kick God out of heaven, which was pretty stupid, he said, Lucifer said in his heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit on the mount of the congregation on the furthest sides of the north. Heaven is north. Did you know that? Let me give you another scripture. Uh, Psalm 48, 2. Beautiful for situation is the joy of the whole world. Is Mount Zion on the sides of the north? The city of our great king. Let me give you another scripture. Janelle, put another one up there. Let me show you in the Old Testament when you would bring an offering, when you would worship God with an offering, they would tell you you had to worship God with your offering a special way. And they say, if his offering is of the flocks, if you're going to come to God and give him a lamb or sheep, he shall kill it on the what? Why? Because on the north side, it's before who? Did you know that? Heaven is north. Let's do one more. Okay? Let's do one more scripture. The very next one. You've heard me quote this one a lot. God promotes people. God exalts people. God gives you the pay raises and the new job and the promotion, the job, and the next up. So, the Bible says, "For promotion comes neither from the not from the nor from the where does it come?" And where is God? Where is the judge? Yeah. Who would have thought those Canadians, Russian, and those Russians were closer to heaven than us Americans, huh? Somewhere, heaven is north. Don't know where. Someone said this. Uh, Paul said, I know a guy in 2 Corinthians 12, I know a guy who was caught up into the third heaven. Whether he was in his body or not, I do not know. But he got caught up in the third heaven, and he saw things in heaven that it is forbidden to say, forbidden to know. And so he didn't write what he saw in heaven. It's funny, today in in the American church, everyone dies and goes to heaven and tells you everything that they saw, and Paul said, I wasn't allowed to tell you what I saw, but everyone's making money on a, a, you know, but anyways. He says he was caught up into the third heaven, all right? The third heaven is where heaven is, all right? I think the Mormons say there's like five, seven, There's only three heavens. The first heaven we live in is right here. Atmosphere, stratosphere, ozone. The first heaven you see in the day. The second heavens you see at night. The moon, the sun, the stars. The third heaven you see by faith. You with me? You don't see it yet, but you will. The first heaven, what you need to know about it, heaven is a present place, all right? It's real. Let's let's go to the second one. The second thing about heaven, it's a perfect place. It is perfect, but sin got into it. It's not destroyed. It's still perfect, but God's going to recreate it one day, but it's a perfect place. And no one gets to go to heaven without being perfect. You do know that, right? Let me give you a scripture. When Jesus preached on the Sermon on the Mount, he said in Matthew 5.48, maybe you can finish the rest of this. Therefore, be ye perfect, even as your Father in heaven is. Well, how can we be perfect like God the Father is perfect so we can go to heaven? Well, let me tell you something. No one goes to heaven unless you're perfect. You don't get into heaven without being perfect because heaven is a perfect place. So you need someone who will come down here and live a perfect life, die on the cross, shed sinless blood, perfect blood, put your faith in that person, and when God the Father sees you in Christ, he sees you as perfect. It's called the righteousness. And before we can do that, we have to admit our sins cause us to live an imperfect life, unrighteous life, right? So you, we, when God looks at us, he sees us in Christ as perfect. Now, how many know we're not perfect yet? But God sees you through the blood. 1 John 1, 7. If we walk in the light as Jesus is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from what? All sin, all unrighteousness, and you're perfect. But you're not perfect unless Christ is in you. Let's go to the next scripture. The next scripture another thing about this perfect place heaven and God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes and there shall be no more what neither sorrow nor crying nor pain for the former things have what and that can be nice all right it's going to be beautiful down here there's pain there's death there's crying there's tears there's heartache there's premature death there's just so many terrible things that can happen down here. But when we get to heaven, God's going to change it. And you know why he changes it? Because of what his son Jesus Christ did for you and for me, because he loves you. John 3:16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever shall believe in him will not perish in their unrighteousness, but have everlasting life. You can become perfect in Christ Jesus by your faith in him. Amen? People say, well, what are we going to, you know, what's it going to be like, Pastor? You know, what's heaven going to be? It's a perfect place. We're going to have perfect food. Yes, we're going to have perfect food up there. You Italians are going to have Italian food. Chinese are going to have Chinese, Czech food, Canadian food. I was talking to uh, uh, the, the, yesterday at the food pantry. Uh, I was, we talked about Carvel ice cream. <laughs> you think there'll be Carvel ice cream up there? What, what do you think? Erica goes, I hope so. I work there. We're going to have Carvel ice cream. Listen, if Carvel ice cream is what you love and you know God loves you, how many know there'll be Carvel ice cream up there? I'll never forget the interview when um, Billy Graham, evangelist Billy Graham, was alive. He was on the Larry King uh, show. And you probably heard this past week Larry King passed away. But he was on Larry King. And Larry King, you know, he's not a Christian. And he said, Billy, said, you know, I really love to golf. And if there's no golf in heaven, I ain't going to heaven. And Billy Graham eloquently said, if you love golf that much, I want you to know God will have golf in heaven if you love golf that much. Because heaven is a perfect place. You realize that, right? There'll be food, there'll be golf, there'll be all these wonderful things in heaven. Because it's perfect. And the things that bring you joy down here, it'll bring you joy in there. People say, well, you know, what's going to be the age when we get to heaven? How old are we going to be when we get to heaven? Well, we don't really know, but a lot of people assume because Jesus died at 33 and a half. A lot of people think he died. He was buried for three days and God rose him from the dead. A lot of us believe that we will all be 33 and a half. I had hair back then when I was 33. (laughs) I'll be 33. Uh, I'll tell you an experience I had with the Lord. uh, The Lord will speak to me often with dreams. And I had a dream that I was in uh, where my dad pastored in one of the houses. And my grandmother was alive at the time. And my grandpa, Grandpa Height, he had passed away. And my grandmother, um, she was like 89 or 90. So in my dream, there was a knock at the back door, and this good-looking 33-and-a-half-year-old guy came up and asked if he could see my grandmother. And I'm like, what do you want to see my grandmother for? Do you know who that 33-and-a-half-year-old guy was? It was my grandfather. Now, I never saw my grandfather at 33-and-a-half. So I went to his old church a a year-and-a-half later and saw that he went up on a missionary trip to the Eskimos, in the Northwest Territories when he was 33, and the same guy in the picture at the church for a mission trip was the guy that came and visited me, and the Lord was telling me that my grandfather was coming to take my grandmother home. She died the next year. So you never base a doctrine on a dream or an experience. How many of you know that? But I tend to believe that if Jesus died at 33 and a half, probably we'll all be 33 and a half. That's before we started getting aches and pains and all that other stuff. So heaven is a present place. It's real. Heaven is a perfect place. And lastly, young people, listen to me. Heaven is a purposeful place. Don't think by all the Disney movies you watch that we're going to go up to heaven, we're all going to get white robes, we're all going to have harps, we're going to get halos, and we're each going to have a cloud, and we're going to sit on a cloud and strum for eternity. Everyone will be working in heaven. Did you know that? Everybody will be... Look at me, you're looking at me like, really? How many know they worked in the Garden of Eden before sin. They worked. And uh, put the scripture in the Revelation, please. Everyone will have a job to do, and it says in Revelation, uh, the next one, please. His servants shall what? Day and night. That's one of the reasons why I love this church, Evangelical Christian Church of Waterbury, Connecticut. We have so many people here that serve. And do you know what serving down here does? It prepares you for heaven. It prepares you. Whether you're serving up here as a, as a worship, as a musician, where you're greeting, parking lot, ushering, whether you're serving as many of our wonderful teachers do in the Sunday school department, you know, whether it's men's ministry, uh, women's ministry, or the food pantry, this is a dress rehearsal when we get to heaven when we're going to serve him day and night. I don't think there's any beds up in heaven because we're not going to sleep. We're going to have our perfect body. It'll be no, there's no sleep. We're going to be working. We'll ne- imagine that, never run out of energy, Ron. Wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> never run out of energy. And his servants, followers of Jesus Christ, will serve him day and night. And then if you read Revelation 5, it talks about an angelic choir I think it's 511, which is 10 thousands times 10,000, thousands thousands, thousands upon thousands. Figure out the zeros. I don't even know what that is, but it's going to be amazing. Heaven is a present place. Heaven is a perfect place, and heaven will be purposeful, all right? And what we do for Jesus Christ down here and now will be rewarded for us up in heaven, and then the position that we get in heaven will be determined by what we do for him down here. I mean, if you do nothing for him down here, you're not going to be trusted a lot up in heaven. You remember what Jesus said? Well done, thy good and faithful servant. You have been trustworthy with little down here on earth. I'm going to give you much up here. Amen. Amen. I close with this. Heaven is a place, little Timmy said it, God created it for us. It's beautiful. We're not always going to be there. We're going to come back and we're going to rule and reign with Jesus Christ for a thousand years when he takes over the kingdoms of this world. It's called the millennium. Not the millennial falcon like Star Wars. The millennial falcon, no. The millennium, millennium for a thousand years we're going to be down here, And then at the end of the thousand years, he's going to destroy heaven and earth and everything that has ever been tainted by sin. And he will recreate, it's called the doctrine of regeneration. He's going to recreate a new heaven and a new earth. And it's going to be beautiful. And there'll be no more sun, no more stars, because God our Father will be the sun. And Jesus will be the the same thing. There'll be no more light, no more day, no more night, and we will dwell with him. But you got to be perfect to get to heaven, and you really need to understand what that salvation message is. I'm just going to share it with you quickly, but being perfect doesn't mean you live a perfect life down here. Being perfect means you trust in the one who lived the perfect life, and that was Jesus Christ. When someone puts their faith in Jesus Christ, someone says, I repent of my imperfect life. I tried to live my life and I screwed up, I messed up. And the Bible says it's our sin that separates us from God. And, and we can never do enough good works to get us right with God. We can't do it. So Jesus came down and he lived a perfect life, never committed one sin because he was God in flesh. And then he died, was buried and rose again. And let me tell you something. When you ask Christ to forgive you of your sin, that perfection of Christ comes into our spirit and we're called born again. Isn't that beautiful? When you do your part and you sincerely believe that you have sinned and it's separated from from God, God will do his part. And the Bible says in John 1.11, Jesus came to his own and his own received him not. The Jews rejected him. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. You cannot become a son of God without the power of God. You can't. You need Jesus. A lot of people try. Oh, my mother was a Christian, so I'm a Christian. Oh, I do good works for there I'm a Christian. Or my grandpa. No, it's by trusting in Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross. And when we do that, that God's power comes and he forgives us and he changes us. And it's when we get joy, we want to go to church, we want to read the Bible, we want to pray, we want to tell what people, other people what Jesus Christ did in our lives, amen? It, it's really amazing. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5.17, If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things are passed away. He begins to heal up those old things. And you can become that. If you repent of your sins. That's the key. He breaks the bondage. He doesn't heal up everything overnight. But he starts with something good. And it gets better and better.